goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in, guess what? It's advertising. And we do that every week by sharing the stories and advice of those who are rocking it on the other side. We also have our ongoing Crowbar Awards, which is a new creative challenge and guest judge every three months. It's quarterly. So you can learn more about that at thecrowbarawards.com. If you win first place, you come on the show and you get a blue crowbar. You can break into advertising with it. Maybe not physically, but that'd be cool too. But this week, you will learn from the award-winning advertiser and mustard maker, Craig Allen. Craig Allen is the founder and chief creative officer of the creative agency, Callen. Craig Allen, Callen, boom, makes sense. And prior to establishing Callen, he spent nearly 10 years at Wyden and Kennedy, where he worked on a large variety of brands, most notably... He led the Old Spice team responsible for the Smell Like a Man campaign, which transformed the brand into the category's definitive leader and was regarded as one of the top campaigns of the 21st century. It's hard to top that. And Craig has won the industry's most prestigious awards, including two Can Lion Grand Prix, Best in Show at the One Show, an Andy Award, as well as the coveted two of the coveted black DNA D pencils. And hey, oh my goodness, I'm reading my notes. He also won a grand Effie. This guy's a superstar. Uh, in 2017, feeling uninspired by the traditional advertising agency model, Craig sought to make a change within the industry. This led him to establish Callan, a creative entre- entrepreneurial lab that goes beyond simply creating work for the clients, but additionally creating work for themselves. Interesting. And most recently, this includes, I love this, an NIL, which is Name, Image, and Likeness partnership with the University of Texas, running back and projected first-round NFL pick, Bijan Robinson. I can't wait for you guys to learn about this. Together, they created Bijan Mustardson, a brand of gourmet Dijon mustard. What sets this partnership apart is that Robbins is not merely a paid endorser of the brand, but an equity stakeholder, setting a new standard for NIL collaborations. The brand successfully launched in August of 2022 and even held a session at South by Southwest this March of 2023. And Craig hits the trifecta of advice this episode. The three key elements that I usually preach when I talk to ad students across the country, the, the three core pieces of advice to help you break in and thrive in advertising. I'm excited for him to break those down for you. And also, you can see his secret resources that are not mentioned in this show. And to find those and all the rest of our uh, guest secret resources, you can go to our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. Now on with the show and the mustard. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Alan, welcome Hello. to Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. How the heck are you doing today? Where are you at? I'm great. I'm in uh, Austin, Texas, trying not to uh, ignite on fire uh, due to the excessive summer heat wave we have. Yeah. What's the weather like right now? It's been, for us, it's usually, you know, 
100, 102 is like, dang, it's hot. And it's been yeah. 108 for like Damn. 30 days in a row. Um, so that is excessive. Yeah. Do you have and a pool? We do have a pool, which has been a godsend, especially for our, our children. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what's it like in February? Oh, that's beautiful. That's... Yeah, the fall fall and spring is kind of like our actual summer. So that's when you're outside. Uh, you know, in Portland, where I was lived for 10 years, it rains all the time. You live for the summers. Here you endure the summers so you can have fall and uh, spring. Hmm. It sucks to live everywhere sometime. <laughs> there you go. That's a good statement. Um, so what are we going to talk about today, Craig? A lot of fun stuff. Mustard is on the agenda. Okay. We're, we're going to talk mustard. We're going to talk Callen, which sure. is your shop, right? Yes, sir. I want to know also a little bit about the Austin ad scene personally, because there's some great shops down there. And it seems to be like this creative epicenter. Uh, when did that happen? I want to get into, but, and also you and your story and your break in and your advice. So a lot of good stuff on the agenda, cool. right? Where do you want to, where do you want to start? I guess we could start with Callen. Tell us about Callen. What do you guys do and make mustard and fun stuff like that? Uh, yeah. So we're a independent agency. I, I worked for Wyden and Kennedy for nearly a decade. Um, mm -hmm. So Wanted to try to break off, come back home, most importantly, um, and do some different stuff than I was doing before. Uh, so we pitched this to Wyden, and they said they're you know always been great to me. So they said let's do it, let's uh, let's give it a shot. So we're going into our I think fourth, fifth year, maybe. I've already lost track. There's been a pandemic. It's a tough. It's always I always say if you're going to start an agency, try to do it right before a global pandemic nice. uh, to for the challenge built character yeah i think so That's wait so you you were at and it makes sense you said earlier portland i should have connected that right away thinking advertising portland uh widen comes to mind a lot um so you were there for about 10 years i see you're a group creative director uh towards the end of that and then what you you pitched widen what tell me more what do you who are you pitching and about uh, creating a new agency uh, widen. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a thing where I wanted to move back home and we, we were trying to figure out a way we'd love to keep working together. They expressed interest in keeping me around um, in the fold in the nest. And so I kind of pitched the idea of a, a new agency, which is kind of a smaller version of what I came to love through my teachings, mostly at Widen and some of which was from Shia Day. So uh, yeah, I pitched that and then we came down here and started it up. what aren't you competing with them are you is there some sort of affiliation can you help me clarify because if i went to my boss and said i'm going to start a new agency wouldn't she be mad yeah I'm it's uh help me well, understand this not when they have a stake in it so that's their point they they funded us starting so they're the only yeah. they have a stake in our company so they're they're invested in our success um oh okay which is why sense. it was all all friends and hugs you know and in parts of our current agency is run through the Wyden and Kennedy network. So mm -hmm. some of our overhead where you have to have finance people and HR and PR and all these things, we run those through them as a have them to do that. Yeah. 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 Which is nice. And that leaves you to, well, that must speak volumes 
to their confidence in you, right? To invest in you, to create this independent shop, but still have some stake into it. So you must have done something right over there. Yeah, I feel grateful for the opportunity. Try to make the most of it. So what was the rationale? You were there for about 10 years in Portland. Austin was calling your name. You wanted barbecue and music and bats. Extremely hot um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, my wife wanted to move home. We were trying to get back to Austin. We missed it. Um, and, you know, also it was, I was thought, thinking about becoming a director for a little while and talked to a bunch of production companies. Um, cause I really liked the stuff that we were starting to make a lot of our old spice stuff was made kind of on our own, especially in the non-traditional digital space. And so I kind of wanted to see what it would be like to do this in a smaller, more compact package. Cause Obviously, with any big agency, there is a lot of uh, layers and, you know, different things going on. So I thought maybe you could just strip that down and make the process a little faster. Right, right. And in going through your head, I mean, did you think about just saying, well, I guess what, what was going on in your head? Like to create your own agency, to split off completely, to go find a smaller agency to kind of like be the CCO of and just kind of right. be a part of a system already created. What were the options that you were going through and how did you ultimately lead to this, this hybrid situation? Um, I mean, you know, Wyden made it very difficult to leave. They offered me a bunch of great roles. And I think um, I always said that, you know, you're always promoted out of the things you're actually good at and, you know, going up the ladder, if you will, would have been a great job. Wyden and Kennedy's, you know, the best agency in the world uh, that you can do a lot worse for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't that they weren't appealing. I just kind of, I, I love making stuff so much. And as you move up, I would make less things and I would be in more meetings, you know, and I don't yeah. love spending all the time on airplanes and, and shaking hands. I'm more of a, a maker. So I kind of said, I don't think I'm done yet creating. Um, so I kind of want to go do this and see if I can do it on my own as opposed to, I think taking an easier route. I thought a lot about it. It's when you start an agency, it's always fun and exciting. And I think for me, it was, I'd been in advertising for 15 years and it, it's, you're always battling trying to keep it interesting and keeping it exciting. And I think I was running a little bit of ground, just kind of doing the same things. I was working on fantastic accounts, fantastic clients, but I still was kind of had an itch. Um, and so I think wanted to scare myself a little bit, wanted to find that exciting, you know, excitement back in advertising. Um, so that was the main thing. And I've gotten definitely been scared and definitely found some excitement. So it, as far as that's concerned, I guess goal achieved. And you're back in Austin. And I'm back in Austin, which again, not this week, but usually pretty, pretty fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I've, well, I've heard great things. So, um, and you guys are doing pretty well. So, but tell me about then. So they said, okay, yeah, we'll help you out. We'll, we'll, we'll we want to see you succeed and we want to be a part of it. Uh, and probably also so you don't steal any of their stuff, right? Like, yeah. Because uh, you are going to be competitive. So it's just really smart that you found a mutually beneficial relationship. Right. Um, what was, what's the point of differentiation? What makes you guys unique? And what's your, what's your statement, I guess, at Callan? Yeah. I always say, I think that it's advertising has a way and, and not so much, this isn't, you know, widened, but just the, the industry in general has a way of making things a lot harder than they have to be. And I think for me, I always stick with, if you're not having fun, like, what are you doing? 
so I, I again stripping back everything to a core creep for a core group of creative uh, to create things and you know uh, seeing we always say or always say that trying to make stupid smart work like where it's so simple that it seems stupid but in that simplicity it's actually you know yeah uh, I try to live by those words you know so I think it's how can we make stupid smart work for great clients with a small dedicated group of creators got it as opposed to you know a lot of time in big agencies especially the big big holding company agencies you end up getting as a creative director as a client as, as a anybody who's sitting around more than who is right for the project so i just never quite understood that so i, I wanted to be i'm involved in everything still and and at widen in all big agencies the more you move up the less you get to touch the work i like touching the work all with all the hands yeah um, so this allows me i'm very much involved still which makes nice. me happy and uh, i think is a benefit to clients because it's not just i'm not just a talking head on a zoom um who'd you work on at widen you, i think you mentioned old spice what were your clients there and what are your clients now yeah, so I worked on Old Spice for almost 10 years. I took over and ran um, Samsung North America towards the end of that. And mm -hmm. along the way, I kind of worked on everything. I worked on Nike, Coke, Trident, Oreo. I feel like some Starbucks was thrown in there. Um, a bunch of stuff kind of just bounced around. Wyden's pretty great about, you know, having groups. Giving you fresh. Allowing you to bounce around, which you is got to. always healthy. Um, and then now... We just finished up the first, you know, global rebrand kind of relaunch of Nickelodeon in 14 years, which was a dream come true uh, because who doesn't like Nickelodeon, right? So um, getting to touch and mess with slime was a, a true goal scratched off the list. And, um, you know, we're working with, it, it allows us to work with medium-sized companies that have a little bit less structure where we're talking straight to founders. We work with a solar company called Freedom Solar. Um, which has allowed us to do some great work recently. We just launched some work for Buff City Soap, which is yeah. the most the best smelling client you could ever have. Um, and then after that, we've worked on Maserati. We've worked on I'm trying to think what else. A lot of beer accounts randomly. Um, our our fridge is very stocked. If you like alcohol, this is a great place to come work because we have we worked on PBR, we worked on Lone Star, we worked on um, New Belgium. We worked, we have a equity stake in a company here called Ranch Rider, which is a canned cocktail. Which is it Ranch Water? Ranch Rider. They make a Ranch Water. Mm, ranch yeah, Rider. Rider? Rider. It's starting to be distributed, but it mm. started here and they've allowed us to like. Sounds good. We direct all the spots ourselves. We do their parties. We, we're kind of really uh, down and dirty with them, which is always fun. Mm. I like that. Yeah. And what's this mustard thing we we're talking about in the beginning that we were alluding oh, to? Oh, and, and mustard. Yeah, that's our yeah. Uh, our night job. But we, a couple, I guess for now, we just turned a year old last week, I think. Um, we started a mustard company with then college running back Bijan Robinson. He was kind of a stud here. He's the best guy you'll ever meet in your life. Um, and his name is Bijan, uh, which kind of sounds like Dijon. So. Yeah. I uh, came from uh, walking out of a game and seeing something that was like so simple to my friends. We made jokes that obviously his name sounds like Dijon. 
I had a tagline, which was tastes like a touchdown in your mouth, uh, which when I told people, everybody would laugh. And it kind of was just a joke for a while. And then I went and talked to my uh, managing director here, David Hughes. And I said, this could be just stupid enough to work. And that's that stupid smart thing where everybody says, man, it's not like we were the first one to make a Dijon joke about his name, but I think we were the first ones to actually put some sense to it and some back end that made it make sense. So we started that company that we, and again, it was also, I'm a big sports fan, a big UT fan. I try to get involved with the university and students and athletics as much as possible. I was saying we're losing players to other schools. And I thought how I don't have billions of dollars to donate, like some more fortunate people. So I said, what can I donate? And I can donate ideas. So at the time, they couldn't be involved in NIL. That's all changed now. But I said, maybe this is a way that they could sell and use this as a benefit to incoming you know, players of all sports. So that's kind of where it was. I was trying to help the university uh, and trying to help Bijan. We pitched it to him. He immediately loved it. Um, then we started it and I said, you know, if we sell 5,000 bottles, like that'd be awesome. Like, mm -hmm. we, you know, how cool would that be? We sold 13,000 in the first month, first week, I believe actually. Right. So then all of a sudden we sold out of mustard and we quickly became, cause we did the mustard is not white labeled. We met with chefs here, like famous chefs in the area, came up with our own mustard recipe. We were making it by hand. Um, and we had like a two to three month wait most of last season and people were not particularly happy with us. And again, we're learning along the way, distribution, uh, manufacturing, food, food manufacturing. So, um, yeah, we, we've been battling that ever since. It's never been a demand problem. It's been a mustard having problem. And we've had all kinds of issues. Apparently all mustard seeds come from Ukraine, some dumb country called Russia, uh, went to war with them. So there was no mustard seeds for a while. They ran out of caps because of a COVID thing. It's all these things that I always say it's given us and me a better perspective on what clients go through. Yes. You're like, just thinking that. yeah, you're coming up with these ideas, smart, funny. You're sad, like, come on, just make stuff. the damn idea. And come like, on, oh, just get it, get it together. And you're like, wait, that's really hard. <laughs> so I have a new appreciation for what people go through. Is um, the mustard good? I think so. I mean, we what always said that you buy it once for novelty. You buy it the second time because it tastes good. Hmm. So we worked really hard. I've eaten. Dijon, what's what's the biggest competitor? Is that like Grey Poupon? Like yeah. That shit? That's gross. Yeah. Ours is a little spicier. We made it with a Texas kick. So people of course. about it. And um, I've eaten gallons and gallons of mustard. Hmm. Uh, a mustard connoisseur by this point. So What's the calorie on that? What's the what? Calories. Oh, on the mustard? I think it's yeah. like zero. I yeah. feel like it's only it's a diet hack. It's yeah. Been... Yeah. It's a so, healthy I'm condiment. Not... I wish I could say I'm losing lots of weight, but I'm eating other stuff. Uh as well, well, yeah. Well, you have to. You're testing the product. You have to know it. Yes. And I'm sure so, the ads are great too. But and we, and we've done a great we've just been having fun, right? It's like we have no clients. So when our creatives come up with ideas, I'm like, why not? For instance, for the Alabama game last year, we were underdogs and most companies would not want to flaunt that to a team um but we did so we we made underdogs as an actual product which were hot dogs that had mustard under the wiener instead of on top of it and we took them to the stadium we gave them away to texas fans for zero dollars we mm -hmm. sold them to alabama fans for 73 dollars and we sold three of them 
which I would still to this day don't understand. Um, you sold three seventy-three dollar hot dogs. Yeah, they were like, I just think it's so funny. I just, I, I want to, and they took pictures. We have a, we made a mascot suit. It's nice. just been, we go shoot all the spots ourselves. Um, right, right. With Bijan, and so it's just been a, it's been a blast. And now he's gone to the Falcons, so we're meeting with the Falcons. They want to make it the mustard of the stadium. We're about to get national wow. distribution. So it's, uh, it's, it feels like it's getting going. Yeah. Uh, funny enough so it's uh now he just needs to go off this season right yes please he will be healthy healthy and happy healthy and happy and uh what do they say i think baseball is like put, put some mustard on it oh uh, yeah on a fastball shirt i think yeah that's awesome i mean this kind of makes sense right it's like embodying like this what'd you say stupid so stupid stupid smart, stupid, smart fun creating good work just simple creative and you can tell like the idea just coming from you and your friends and then actually creating this mustard and growing i think that embodies a lot of probably what talent is and yeah how it's grown i like to think so and i think it goes back to that when you're having fun internally i do i'm a true believer that that that's sensed by people outside so yeah when you look at the website and the merchandise we've made for it and everything and even the work we do for clients, it's it should be fun and enjoyable. And I think when we're having fun, it shows. And when we're working on something that nobody's excited about, it shows. So we try to minimize that. I want to ask who you're doing this with. I think you mentioned a managing director, yeah. um, but like who was at the ground uh, of this of the Callan project in the beginning, and who's been with you since? I would say we're in, uh, we are in phase two. Phase one immediately was, the idea was I wanted to direct everything and it was more and that people are doing this right now, trying it even again. But I, it was more of, we can make everything, we can produce everything, we can take you from ideation to production all in house. So it was more about almost like a pseudo production studio more than it was an agency. And when we went out, we found that people weren't, Clients are all about saving money, but they wanted Old Spice. You know, they wanted all the work that I've done before and they wanted strategy, which we didn't start with a planner. We started with a managing director and a producer. Um, so we kind of recalibrated and then brought on a different managing director and a head of production. We still have one of those and a planner. So kind of taking a little bit more of a traditional approach, but still trying to do a non-traditional uh, variant of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you got a good core group of people now. Yeah. And you got some mustard and you got some great clients at the moment. I love it. I guess, um, do you have an internship? That should be something that you guys work on. I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners like, damn, I want to work with Craig. We, uh, we've taken on some interns in the past. Um, we don't take them all the time because I want to make sure You're you know, good. It, it was always sad when, um, you know, I, you bring in 15 interns into a big agency and they get a little lost and there's not something to work on. So yeah. unless I have the time to dedicate mentoring them um, and, and good stuff for the work on, we only take it if it, it makes sense. So yeah. we're about to take on, we also have hired almost every intern we've brought in. So it's That's more good. of a tryout thing than it is a, free labor thing or cheap labor other we've always paid yeah that's great 
I think it's, that's a good little lesson there. Like, still reach out if you have if you're ready to go, and see if there's potential either now or down down the line, totally. and do your homework. Listen to this podcast over and over again, and then reach out. I think that's always pre- pretty good. But I yeah. want to get to. I definitely want to get to your experience and how you broke in. So I think you'd mentioned a little bit of UT Austin, uh, UT Austin and uh, mm-hmm. you're trying to help out the school. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because that's where you went, correct? And that's, mm-hmm. what did you study there? Was it advertising? Um, I started out in art school, studio mm-hmm. art uh, degree. And then I got about halfway through. I focused in photography and ceramics, believe it or not. Very, very powerful ceramic hands. Um, nice. And um, I think at some point I realized, what am I going to do? You know, at some point you're like, what is my job going to be? And I realized I didn't want to just make pots in my parents' garage. So I started kind of poking around. I actually saw a flyer for what was 318J intro to advertising in the bathroom um, of a big building here on campus. And I was like, that sounds kind of fun. It was to show you how lost I was at that time and how, being lost could be helpful. I took intro to advertising, pseudoscience, scuba diving, age of dinosaurs, and Hmm. linguistics of comic books. So clearly I had a little bit of a freak out semester. Um, Little mid, mid college. What, what do what year were you? Is this like later in? Yeah. Honestly, I was going into my junior year because I ended up double majoring. I just finished. I was so close to finishing out my studio art degree. I double majored in studio art and advertising. And got then I got it. a minor in business because my dad said I had to because yeah. business is smart. That's good. Good good father you got. Yeah. My so, dad wanted me to be an accountant. Same. Yeah, I'm me sure too. he would have been That's happy. great. Nothing wrong with being an accountant. Get your CPA and work for the big four. There you go. It's all planned out for you. And then, um, yeah, so I moved over to advertising. I was lucky enough that I looked into, I think, easily the best undergrad program in the United States, which was mm-hmm. Texas. I didn't come here for advertising. I don't even know if I knew advertising was a field. A lot of people stumble into it undergrad. Yes. I mean, That's even so in great. Years, I always joke that nobody's in advertising on purpose. Um, so, yeah, so I went over there. I loved it. I fell in love. I finished the degrees. I, when I came out, it was also a recession, which was 2003. It was like the end of a recession. So I was told by everybody, you won't ever get jobs. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time getting a job. Um, I ended up getting a job at the brand new at the time internship program called Young Bloods at Shia Day. Oh. And um, all by, I always say it's all fate and uh, luck because I accidentally, this is back, I'm old. So you used to have to send copies of your book out printed that oh, yeah. bound. and I sent mine out and I didn't put my name on my book which is not a good strategy no that's hard to find um, yeah and they luckily, like you luckily one of the creative senior creatives had come to our portfolio review his name is Andy Hall uh, who I'll be forever indebted to yeah. and uh, he was like wait I remember this kid and then they somehow found me and he said man Dude, you made it really hard for yourself to get a job, but luckily got it, went there. They hired six of us to do this internship. I moved into New York City, only been there for maybe two days my whole life, two weeks after graduating. I got a loft in Bushwick, 
Brooklyn, which was now cool, but then very scary. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was four people, two girls, two guys, no walls. Nice. <laughs> uh, so it was a big learning experience, but it was great. I loved Shyatt. Jerry Graff came in and kind of changed the whole, you know, uh, everything about that agency for the better. You know, again, luck. Um, you got to be lucky in advertising. I don't know where I'd be if Jerry Graff didn't come in to Shyatt when I was there because that helped me when I got to work on Skittles. Like, I felt like my voice really came out. Um, and it just matched up and I don't know what would have happened. You were an art director or a copywriter? Sorry. I was an, I, mean, I always say that I'm uh medium at both, but I, uh, I'm technically an art director, mm -hmm. uh, but I write probably as much as I art direct. Now, even then, like, I think mm. all the partners that I've had throughout my career, which I haven't had a ton of them, we always wrote together. It was never mm -hmm. Mad Men 1950s advertising where I'm like, you go do the words and I'm going to do the cool pictures. It was, yeah, you're working together, concepting together. Yeah. And, and we would type up the scripts and all that stuff. So yeah. you, you got to do both. And we can, I know you, we could talk about what my advice would be. And that's, you have to be good at both. I, I don't know how you can, in today's advertising, be good at one of those two things. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. But uh, we've had Jerry on the show. Oh, great. Yeah, He's he was... going to be a lot smarter than I am. Um, yeah, that was a big hit, and this will be as well. Um, so you broke into this New Blood program, and because you had a good portfolio. Is that the root of it? And even so good that they recognized you without your name on it, or you had some connections from in-person review? Right. Um yeah, I mean, there's not too much more to that, you know. No, that's that's a lesson in itself. Even in recession, you said. Yeah, and it was a couple of us. I think we had a really strong class coming out of UT, so we were lucky in that we were all competitive. We all pushed each other. Like in a recession, I think six of us, seven of us, got jobs, and it was they're all still now. These are people that are ECDs and have yeah. big jobs and and up in advertising to this day. So. It, I think that helped out a lot, but yes, it was all ads. We didn't do, that was back in the day when people would send their book with like mm -hmm. an oven mitt and say, caution hot. We didn't do any of that. It was like a little more Michael Jordan, like let the work yeah. do the talking. And if they don't like it, then yeah, screw them. it's a good route. I mean, a little touch every once in a while is good, but it's really dependent on the work itself. It should speak for itself. Absolutely. Sometimes it you have to catch attention. I get it but just have, make connections like on LinkedIn and stuff and have calls. Yeah, work's gotta be it. I mean, I respect the hustle, but a lot of times if you're doing weird stuff like that, it's because you're making up for something that mm -hmm. you don't have in the work, it seems. Right. Did you have uh, John Murphy, uh, Professor John Murphy? I did, we still talk to him all the time. In fact, a lot of our account interns that have become creatives here become come from him. Yeah. Yeah. He was on the show too for our adjunct series and he was, Amazing. he's like the the father of ad education pretty much. He was 318J. That was my teacher. What was that? He was 318J, that intro to everything. Oh. Yes, he taught it. There we go. Small world. Yeah. Got it. So the work matters a lot when you're looking for a job. I guess this is a really good portion now to, to kind of get into your advice when you're you said you like helping out those students today and the program at UT Austin 
and you have you've mentored people throughout your career i guess looking either at the perspective of somebody that's trying to break into this industry like what you were doing or somebody that's already in and maybe at an entry-level role pick one of those two and just tell us like what you would do differently i guess looking at your own career what they should do today some of this advice will actually apply to both and and i think that yeah. i always say that you should do the research of what work you like and who did that work. Um, So it's like, you can go to widen and have a horrible experience if you're not on the right accounts with the right creatives, you know, and that's the best agency. But I think a lot of times people try to go to over to agencies over people and that's a mistake. The name. Yes. I mean, because people change all the time. People are moving. Clients are moving. Yes, exactly. And, if I remember when I got the job offer from Shia Day, my teacher told me not to go there because Shia Day New York was not Shia Day LA and it didn't have a great reputation. And they said, don't go there. That's a big giant mistake. And I think, you know, the people that were there at the time was doing work that I respected. So I was like, yeah, but they're doing cool stuff. I'll just try to buddy up with them. So my advice would be people over name company and find that because there's good pockets of people at even the worst agencies that you can think of. So I've had friends that have gone to small agencies, but worked with somebody legendary there and then moved into big agencies. I've had people that went to amazing agencies, worked with the wrong people and never really got off the ground and and now don't know what to do. I was really good when I was an undergrad. If I saw a commercial that made people laugh, I'd go Google who made, who's the agency of record for this, uh, for this commercial that I just saw and then go into their agency website and see the roster of people or go on LinkedIn. I could, I would able to like pinpoint like loosely who is the creative director and like reach out, invite him on the pod and say, my friends laughed at your work. Just wanted to let you know that it's working. Start at the top and go down, you know, start with creative directors and Google their names, find their website, see if you vibe with it. If not, Go down to the writers, art directors, and then just start following those people. Like at the time, my dream job was Cliff Freeman and Partners, which is now defunct, unfortunately. But that was my dream job. And I just was an ad nerd about it. Like I started to be all and it was harder at that time to find credits, but you'd find them in one show annuals and stuff like that. And I just started finding all these names and I followed them. And now it's like the Ari Merkins of the world, the Eric Silvers. Scott me and uh, Jerry, you know, it's like you start reading about all these people and you're like, I love this work. That's where I want to work. And unfortunately, they were like, went through a transition period when I came out. But uh, that was, that's kind of do the research, find the people you want to work with and then mine them. I love that. It's, that's so, so important. People get, people get hung up on names of agencies all the time. So that's so, so great. So then once you find the name of the person, or people that you really admire, what's the route to go? What do you do next? Well, I think again, like we were saying, your, the work is the end result. Like if your work isn't quite there, it's not much you can do it even if they like you, you know, cause it is, it'll come down to your book. Um, but I, I think, you know, I was always impressed when people, when I was at Widen, they didn't just come to work for Widen. They'd be like, hey, did you do this spot? Or they saw something that I, did that not a lot of people saw and was like that's what I want to make and and that always stuck with me more than just I've always wanted to work at Widen and Old Spice seems cool um it was you know I think that everybody's a little bit 
uh, narcissistic in advertising. So it's like, you know, if you can compliment people and, and do the research and find the cool things that maybe not everybody's pointing out, it's hard not to be like, oh, thanks, you know, uh, when you have those things. So I think, I think that helps a lot. And then reach out. And if they're not hiring, like try to get advice. Like I have a hard time turning down, especially younger kids or even older. I'm, I do calls all the time giving advice to people and I'm always happy to do that. So it's, it's say, Hey, what should I do? What am I missing? Like, what do you think? And then I would say the bigger part of that, especially when you're just starting out, I did this, you go and you get all of the opinions and everybody has opinions. And a lot of times they're recruiters that may or not may or may not be even creatives. Right. Um, so you have to be careful. I think it's good to, I got it all as a to-do list. And I went in and I immediately started changing all my ads, trying to, you know, navigate all of the conflicting feedback. And I ended up at, the, at when I left the one show, I was like, what happened? Like, I hate these ads now. And it's because I was trying to please everybody. And I think I got good advice when I went to Cliff Freeman and I wasn't having any luck. Everybody hated my book. I wasn't having any success. I went to Cliff Freeman and they loved it. Like my dream people like loved the book. And it was like, oh man, this is great. And this is great. And this is great. And then I realized it's always good to take feedback with an open mind because everything can be better, but make sure you don't sacrifice yourself through that process because you could try to please everybody and then you end up making a book that's not you. Right. And that's a big problem. Yeah. And then if you go to so many different people, then you're getting all their different opinions. It's just like a hodgepodge. I always, I always tell people like pick one to two people that you go to consistently. And then when you get their advice, follow up with them and show them that you, you took their advice and you've made some changes within your perspective because if you just ghost them after and you you know, you just got like two hours of free advice and you just never talk to them again, that's terrible. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't help. You did all the work for nothing. I, yeah. I would also say my process of looking through a book, regardless of level, is I start with the work. I make sure there's enough work there. I'm like, okay, this person is pretty good. Yeah. And then I immediately go to the other section of the website, you know, or for fun. Everybody has a different name for it. But yeah, I'm always me. curious to see what people do with their free time yep. and, you know, what they, when they are not trying to do ads, what they do. And that's usually where I make my hiring decisions is I, I don't, if it's not a, if it's not good work, they're not even in the running. And when they're in the running, I really go towards like, why did you do this crazy series where, you know, thumbs wear underwear or whatever it is. And I'm like, that's cool. And they're like, I don't know. I just love doing it. And that's, those are the kind of people always say, I try to hire multidisciplinary creatives. So you, you have hit the three points that I present from a hundred of all the podcasts, the best piece of advice you've hit the three points that I put in my presentations at schools. It, it's, it's, it's nerd up, work up and cool up. Yeah. Nerding. Like first off, it starts with work up, get your work up and yeah. like actually do that. Nerd up is know your, your target audience and like who you want to work for. And, know mm -hmm. and then cool up is something I, I call uh, it's like having those passion points that differentiate who you are. And, Totally. You just talked about that. So like those three points, if you focus really well on those, I think that's like the trifecta and you just hit it like perfectly. And I, I think for us, 
you try to hire people that aren't just good at advertising. Like I, I always tell a story on Old Spice when we were making Dikembe Mutombo's four and a half weeks to to save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have enough money to make it, and you know, there's always a billion no's for every yes. And we were like, every time they're like, "Well, you can't afford voices." I'm like, "Well, what if we did all the voices?" Well, you can't afford music. Well, crap. What are we gonna do? We're sitting around all the creatives, and there was one guy named Ansel, one of our creatives, and he was like, "Well." I actually can play piano. I, I have a degree. I studied abroad and I have a master's in piano. And we're like, Oh my God. What? And he's like, yeah. So he composed all the music. So it's like, it, it's Incredible. that kind of stuff where I'm like, when you could show that you're doing stuff, even if you're learning I yeah. love that, like, man, I'm just, I'm interested in editing. So I edit stuff. I'm interested in music. So I, I here's some music I made. I'm interested in, AI, so I've been making these things or whatever it is, like yeah. that kind of stuff. It it should matter to everybody. It definitely matters to us. Absolutely. And it shows like you're still hungry and you have a passion for creating and and just beyond ads it makes you more interesting and and relevant. Just uh, so many benefits. Right. So I love it. Um, how can I guess how can people reach out to you if they have more questions they want to intern or work for you and and learn more about Callan and, yeah. and mustard. What's the I, best way to do that? I think through our, I mean, I read all the emails that come through our uh, company website. So I read those. I think a lot of people nowadays reach out on LinkedIn, which I try to be good about responding to everybody as much yeah. as sometimes it's hard, but I try to get to everybody as frequently as possible. So company website, reach out to that email there and then we don't have a recruiter we're a baby agency so it's okay you know, it's like uh sometimes it's like that that's how you go through but I, even then if you're talking to an agency that has a recruiter try to find the people that you like um mm-hmm. first and, and go through them the creative directors the creatives you know because that's right. the, that's the uh express lane to a job right then they tell the recruiter i want to hire this person and then the and recruiter's like matter. thank god like yeah. I don't have to screen a million people. Exactly. Makes sense. Well, Craig, this has been great. Super insightful. Like I said, you hit the trifecta and more. So I hope people reach out and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah, this was a blast. Anytime. Heck yeah. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Breaking and Entering. We want to be transparent with our valued listeners. So we'd like to disclose that this episode was made possible through a paid collaboration. The funds from this collaboration were used to produce this episode and contribute to the growth and enhancement of our show. At Breaking and Entering, we are committed to delivering high-quality content that informs, entertains, and engages our audience. We carefully select our partners to ensure that any sponsored or paid content aligns with the values and interests of our listeners. Rest assured that while this episode is a result of a paid collaboration, our opinions and creative control over the content remain independent and, of course, authentic. We prioritize providing valuable insights and experiences to our audience regardless of any paid partnerships. And we greatly appreciate the support of our sponsors and partners as they play a vital role in helping us bring content to your ears. If you have any questions about our partnerships or this disclosure, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at Gino, G-E-N-O, at breakenterpod.com. Thank you.